You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 45. Is your insurance company rushing you through the mold mitigation process? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about insurance companies today and how the insurance companies handle the mold mitigation oh, yeah, process. Favorite, <laughs> whether it's health insurance, homeowners, or car insurance. So yeah, when it comes to insurance companies, there's there's all sorts of madness, and we all know. I mean, if you've ever dealt with an insurance company, it's it's tough to stay calm through that process. Yeah. Well, and I think the tough part is, is that, you know, until you've had a mold situation in your home, you've never really dealt with your insurance company about a mold situation. So you think it's going to be the same as every other home insurance claim that you've had before. But why don't you talk about how it's actually very different in terms of dealing with the insurance company? Well, I've, I think we've done a podcast about this in the past. Um, is it, it, I think it was based on, will your insurance cover mold? Um, that's the first thing that, you know, for the most part, if you say the four letter M word to your insurance company, if, if you don't have flood insurance, and even if you do, it's not administered through them, they're just going to say, we don't cover mold. And so you need to be careful of how you word it to them because if it was a flooding event, uh, meaning there was a flood and it came down into your basement or in your crawl space, they're not going to cover that. Now, if a windstorm comes through and blows half your roof off and it rains for three days straight, that will be covered or should be covered. Uh, if you have a broken water line in the home, typically they'll cover that. So when it comes to the insurance companies, just be very careful of how you, you word it. Because if you just call and say, hey, we have mold, they're going to say, yeah, we don't cover it. So it's a difficult thing to deal with with, with insurance companies. 
Well, and isn't there also the concern, you know, when an insurance company is evaluating a mold situation, they also want to see what did you not do in handling moisture negligence? So can you talk a little bit about what's, what are some best practices when you have a moisture intrusion event and what is negligence and how can people prevent it? Well, (laughs) negligence is uh, probably not interpreted by the insurance companies the way it's defined. (laughs) It's a, It's very subjective, and obviously it's in their best interest to say it was neglect. So let's say that you have a a minor leak um, underneath your sink, and you just, you know, put a bucket under there, and you just kind of keep sopping it up. And over time, you find out, uh, you go to remodel your bathroom, and you pull that vanity out, and there's mold behind on the walls behind that vanity. The insurance company is going to say that's neglect, and in my opinion, it is. Um, we have no way as mold experts to know how long a mold issue has been going on. Um, so that makes it tougher too. You can't look at a mold infestation, send it off to a lab and they say, you know, like a tree, we can tell how old it is by the rings, right? You can't do that with mold. We have no idea how long it's been going on. So something like that, they are going to say, Hey, that's neglect. Now, if you had, let's go back to a roof that, that, you know, there was a big windstorm that came through, then it rained for three days. Well, obviously, the first thing you want to do is call the insurance company and notify them about the roof. They can't claim neglect if you've already notified them. At that point, they should walk you through the steps. But once again, as a homeowner, do your due diligence and say, okay, and, and like I said before, do this through email. Don't call your insurance agent. Do it through email so you have a time-stamped uh, record of, hey, you know, email them and say, it's been raining for two days now. Should I be concerned? There's water stains on my ceiling. Be proactive with that because they'd have a harder time saying that's neglect. And, you know, I've dealt with this. I deal with the insurance companies and they're what everybody believes they are. They're a little <laughs> difficult. But I have had to write letters, um, deal with insurance adjusters and more or less kind of fight for the homeowner to say, hey, this wasn't neglect. This should be covered. Which brings us back to what we, you know, we talked about in the last uh, episode. Book a, book a consult with us. The the $300 you pay for a consult might save you $10,000 for mold. Okay. So, so just be proactive because keep in mind, especially with homeowners, they're going, that's how insurance companies make money. They don't make money paying out claims. Exactly. So they're going to try to push the whole neglect. So situational awareness, make sure if you have that minor leak, you're not ignoring it. On top of that, what what is your take? Because I know you're big on document, 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 document. When there's a moisture intrusion event, what are people, what should people be documenting? Should they be taking pictures? Should they be writing notes? Should they send the pictures to themselves an email so they have a timestamp? What, what should they be doing? All of the above. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, and like I said, though, the first thing you need to do, first and foremost, you need to take care of what's causing it. So I don't expect our listeners to crawl up on their roof when it's been raining for three days to fix their roof. They probably don't want to, and most people probably don't know how. So... There's certain situations where going back to just a minor leak underneath the sink, you can fix that. If you can't fix it, hire a plumber, but take care of what's causing it. If you can't address what's causing it, there's no reason to even move forward. 
you know, we're, <laughs> we went and looked at a nice mold job yesterday and it was, it's a nasty, nasty crawl space. And they want us to go in. It's a, it's a trust company and they want us to go in and fix the mold. But yet there's four foot of snow on the ground. All the grading runs right into the crawl space. Their sump pit is not a sump pit. It's just a bucket with a sump pump in it. <laughs> there's no gutters. There's just, there's so many issues and we, we won't even do the mitigation. And it's because it's a liability concern and a reputation concern. Well, we're not going to go in and fix a mold issue. So I guess my point is, is fix what's causing it. That's the first thing you need to do. Then contact your insurance agent. Do like you said. I didn't, I didn't really think about that as email and pictures. You know, on our phones, it shows the date, but. Where's the proof of that right. date? So if you do email them, do that. Email, like I said, email your insurance agent. Now, I'm not saying when you initially uh, contact them to email them, call them on the phone, but send a follow-up email that says, okay, here was my interpretation of the call. You guys will not cover it, or you're going to send an adjuster out. So that's what you need to do is, you know, fix the problem, call your insurance agent, and then try to dry things out. Now, at that point, I would say, unless the insurance company will not take care of the mop-up is what we call it, then look at avenues of doing it yourself. But be very careful as a homeowner trying to do your own mop-up because all you could be is just spreading the mold everywhere. Yeah. So let the professionals come in, put a containment up, you know, let them do the flood cuts, let them do what they need to do. But, but that's the process you should take. And even going back to the documentation, I was thinking that take pictures as you're working through things and email them to yourself so you have proof that those pictures were taken on that day. So when you do email everything right. to the insurance companies, if they try to tell you, oh, that was a picture, that was an after, before, <laughs> yeah. you have proof that you actually exactly. emailed those pictures to yourself. Yep. And it's it's tough dealing with an insurance company with this stuff. I, I've dealt with them numerous times, and they they don't want to cover anything. It, they'll, they'll drag their feet forever, and they'll, they'll push you to the point where you're going to have to just do the out-of-pocket expenses. Well, and, and speaking of that, we've seen situations in insurance companies with insurance companies where they held up the process of assessing a mold situation because there were no before pictures of a bathroom. Right. So can you speak to the importance of actually having before <laughs> moisture intrusion event issue uh, pictures? Because most people never think of that. Yeah, so we had, it kind of reminds me, we had a big fire. We had the Roosevelt fire a couple of years ago, not far from where we live. And uh, what did we do? We went through the house, took pictures of everything, yep. TVs, everything, because we wanted to make sure our insurance was going to cover it. Now, once again, we didn't do what you just talked about. We didn't email them or anything like that. But I guess the reason I say that is, is it's never a bad idea. Your homeowner's insurance, depending on you know, what your coverage is for the most part they'll, they'll cover like, you know, your wedding ring, TVs, electronics. Well, if you don't have pictures and proof of all that, it's kind of hard, you know, to, to show them that, yeah, we had all this stuff, but this fire melted everything. So make sure just like I love to say, as far as documentation, go through your home, you know, do it, do it on daylight savings time, go through your home, Anything new on the walls as far as pictures or valuables, take pictures of them and email them to yourself. 
have a Google Drive that you have all your information in. So that's serial always- numbers, spreadsheets, spreadsheets. If we, we we need to do this, we haven't done this. We need to put the serial numbers of all the computers, the printers, the TVs. So and the name, you know, the brand and information that right. would be really right because you don't realize how much stuff you have. Um, you know, we were taking care of some legal documents the other day, and I was like, "Wow, it's kind of crazy." You just don't think about certain things, mm-hmm. and you don't realize. You know, how much money you have tied up in electronics or TVs and, and things like that. So, yeah, that's a good idea to make sure you have documentation of exactly, you know, what you have in there. Now, going back to what you were saying is, and it was interesting because that, that particular situation, they wanted a before picture. and It, it was kind of odd. Like, and the first thing I said to my client was that they're just trying to weasel out of this. And that's what they were doing. And at the end of the day, they, the insurance company didn't pay. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was a, it was a difficult situation because that, that particular incident, that was a, a water line leak behind the wall. And there was just a little bit of water coming in underneath the baseboard every once in a while. Well, when we went in there, the, you could tell it had been going on for years. And so it, it was kind of just a kind of crappy deal on the homeowner's part, but they didn't know. I mean, it. so so things like that, you need to be very careful. But, yeah, they're going to drag their feet as much as they can. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna try to say, well, we don't know for sure if this is covered. So what they're trying to do is put they want to put you in a situation where you have to decide whether you're going to pay out of pocket or fight them. Yeah. And again, going back to the before pictures, I don't know that many people ever think about having a before pictures of every room in their home. When you're a renter, you do think about that because you want to take pictures of everything before you move in right. so you get your deposit And back. as landlords, that's what you do too, it's, is it, you go through the home after the last person vacated it and you take pictures and do a video. Exactly. But, but I don't think... But your own home, yeah. Your own that. home, most, I mean, when, when I found out from my client that the insurance company was demanding that, I just laughed. Like, are you serious? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Exactly. It just, yeah, it was kind of a crazy deal. But once again, you have to, you have to be situationally aware of, you know, little things that could lead to major issues. Exactly. And, you know, once you get to the point with the insurance company where, where, you know, you fought them and hopefully they cover something with the mold. Talk a little bit about the restoration company and the mitigation company. Does the homeowner get to decide when working with the insurance company? So from my experience, um, yes, if you push the issue. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you call your insurance agent, they're going to call the adjuster. The adjuster calls the restoration company who comes in and does the mop up. If they find mold, then they'll do the mitigation. And sometimes it happens so quick that, you know, you just feel like, oh, you know, it's this nationwide franchise company that's doing this and I trust them. Don't always just trust them because of their name. You, it's your home. It's your policy. You should be able to, and I've never seen a situation where you can't decide. Now, where they do draw the line is, is let's say that, that, you know, this nationwide restoration company comes in and says, yeah, we're going to do all this and it's going to cost 15000 They're not, the insurance company's not going to let you call in a company like us, who is not a restoration company, we're just mitigation. And I say, yeah, well, I'm going to charge 15000 just for our services. 
That's no mop-up and that's no rehab. So keep that in mind. If, if, if you want your own person, whatever they were going to pay the other company is all they're going to pay for that person. So yeah, so the, so their price is fixed, but you should be able to call right. the shots on who you yep. bring in. It's no different than if you wreck your car, you have 5,000 in body damage, you get to choose where you take it. But if you choose to take it to the more expensive guy, you're going to have to come up with the difference. Exactly. And what do you do when you try to dictate the shots, but the insurance company tells you that you can't? That's where it's a little tricky um, because you can't, if you're too pushy with them, they're really going to, they're going to give you pushback. They don't, they don't like that. Insurance companies are very difficult to deal with. And I'm not knocking any of them, but besides the adjusters, they're just people behind a desk that, I mean, you have people in the Midwest that are making the decision on something going on in California that they are going off the adjuster's pictures from. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you do, though. You want to be very, like I said earlier, document, document, document. Like you kind of, you got to put your lawyer hat on and back them into a corner and say, so you're saying that my health is not as important as you guys trying to decide and take in six weeks to tell us whether you're going to cover our claim or not. I mean, you, you want to back them into a corner and that, that brings up something again that you need to, if it, if it's a master bedroom and you, you're having, you know, the shingles and I like to go back to just the same scenario we're talking about. You have a windstorm that blows off the shingles over the master bedroom area. It rains for three days. You got water stains on your ceiling. The best thing you can do as a homeowner is put plastic up, which is a containment, and don't enter that room. The insurance company's not going to look out for your health. They don't really care. They're, they're more yeah. concerned about how they can get out of paying the claim. So do what you have to do to take care of yourself. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's say the insurance company, you go through all the things with them, and you hire the restoration mitigation company. They pay what they're going to pay. Should you have any concerns or are there things you should do post-mitigation? Oh, there's a lot. You know, you, you need post-mitigation. You need to have testing done. Going back to, uh, you know, me being a consultant, get us on board right from the get-go. And, you know, I'm a third party that I'm, I'm looking out for your best interests. I'm not the insurance adjuster who supposedly, and I'm not saying supposedly, they are a third party, but they don't want to burn their bridges with, the insurance you know, company. Nationwide or whatever <laughs> insurance company. So they kind of have a vested interest, whereas I don't, yeah. as far as the insurance company. I have a vested interest as you're my client, and I'm going to protect you. And like I said, it's it, it's well worth the money because if you can get us involved from day one or day two, it's probably going to be day two or three by the time you figure out to get us involved, I will walk you through all the stuff you should be doing. If you need you know me to type up a letter as far as, you know, my opinion to rebuke whatever the insurance adjuster, the adjuster doesn't make the decision. He's just the, the feet on the ground. But, it, you know, I can write a letter to the insurance company and more or less battle them from a mold specialist versus a homeowner who doesn't know the terminology or what to use. So definitely due diligence, yes. sounds like, in that case. Like I said, at the end of the day, you, you have to do what's best for you and the occupants of your home. And... You know, I've, I've dealt with uh, situations actually where, and luckily he was a buddy of mine, so I wasn't charging him, but he had a flood event in his basement. It was a major thing. And I 
I walked him through the whole process. And, and the first thing I told him, uh, him and his wife had two kids. And I think they were, I don't even think they were teenagers yet. And I said, they need to put you up in a hotel. And it ended up, they put them up in a hotel and, and everything went pretty smooth. And I'm not saying I'm going to make everything go smooth, but it went a lot smoother because he had a specialist that was by his side walking him through the steps. Like I said, if you let the insurance company dictate it, they might come in and do a mop up, but they might just walk away and you could have mold issues inside the walls. So that's why, once again, you always want to do air testing Exactly. after every moisture intrusion event. Just to know what you're dealing with. Exactly. And wait, you know, like, like I said, wait, it's like seven to 10 days because even if they have uh, the mop up done properly and the humidity levels are down, we can come in. We have different ways of testing. We can pop the baseboard off, drill a hole and do a wall cavity test, which would tell us, because that's where it would probably be in that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we can run a wall cavity test and say, hey, you got a major mold issue. So you're basically saying, make sure as the homeowner when dealing with the insurance companies that you keep your best interest in exactly. mind. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Now, I know we talked about this a few episodes ago, the Burger King commercial. We've, oh, we've yeah. We've had our own little burger burger test going on. Yeah, on so the we have our own little science experiment going on. It's still going on. Um, so we're about three weeks into that. So just to give an update for everybody, once it's all done, we'll post the stuff on our Facebook page. But it's, it's been kind of interesting to see. So the hamburger we bought, it wasn't Burger King. Um, it was one of their competitors. Just a regular cheeseburger, has lettuce, tomato, and, and uh, the, the patty and cheese. Um, anyhow, we bought that, put it in a Ziploc. Then that same day, we made hamburgers here. And we put it in our bun with cheese on it and ketchup. Ironically, the first mold we started seeing was on the lettuce on the commercial hamburger, the drive, we'll call it the drive through hamburger. Yeah. So it started growing mold first and it started on the lettuce. Our hamburger took about four or five days and it was, so the, the drive through burger was a dark green mold growing on it. Ours started out with just some fuzzy white mold. It just in between the two buns actually. And so now that, that stuff on our hamburger is turned green. Uh, there's still the white fuzzies there. But the drive through hamburger, there's now mold. It's on the actual Ziploc bag itself, but there's no mold on the, the bun. So it's just, it's kind of odd. So I would assume that they, they use preservatives for the bun. Yeah. Whereas the bun we have, which was just store bought, they don't use, I'm sure they use preservatives, but not as strong. Yeah. So, so it's been kind of interesting because, at the end of the day, the, the drive through hamburger looks real gnarly and nasty, whereas our hamburger doesn't look that bad. It's just no. got some white and green fuzzies on it, and it's not that nasty, whereas the other one is nasty, yeah. which is odd. So you could view it in different ways. You know, obviously the lettuce didn't have any preservatives. The tomato didn't. The bun does. So it's, 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 it's been kind of fun to watch. I, I don't know. I guess I'm a nerd, but... <laughs> I, t I don't take a picture every day, but I, I look at them. And so, yeah. so, yeah, that's coming along here in the next week or so. We'll have, uh, once our results are done on Facebook, because people understand it better when it's visual. So that's, uh, that's why I've kind of forgotten to talk about it on our podcast. That's right. So the results aren't in yet. To be continued. Yep. Next week or so. All right. 
Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, share this with people you know need it, especially homeowners. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.